flip this track again, y'all. to another edition of Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride, and sitting to my right, as always... What is going on, everyone? This is Anilo Piro locking down all things Denver Nuggets and Colorado Rockies for MileHighSports.com, alongside the rest of the Nuggets crew, Dev Johnson, Matt Smith, Brendan Vogt, and the King of Thornton, Jeff Morton, locking it all down right here in the Mile High City for MileHighSports.com. So we just watched a little bit of a crazy game. <laughs> to say the least, man. I, I So the Nuggets yeah. at one point, so the Nuggets end up winning in overtime 117-111 against the New Orleans Pelicans. Mm-hmm. It was a fantastic win. This is a game where the Nuggets were down by 18 at one point. Mm-hmm. This is a game where the first half they played very disinterested defense. Mm-hmm. This is a game where Nikola Jokic came off the bench because he's still getting used to playing and he's not 100% healthy yet, it seems like, and he's still kind of getting mentally over the hurdle. And the Nuggets end up starting recently called <laughs> up Tory Craig. It was a gr- Everything yeah. about this game makes absolutely no sense to me. Nothing. None of it. No, and it's it, that, that's why I think I had so much fun watching it. Shoot around didn't make any sense from the get-go. We, <laughs> didn't, we didn't get one question about the Pelicans game. We talked about like everything that happened on the road trip leading up into that point. So like the only just a weird overall day. The only things that are at shoot-around about the New Orleans Pelicans is Malone referenced that Boogie had 40 and 22 against them last time. Yeah. That was the only and then, reference and then, in the 10 minutes. And then Jameer Nelson yelled his name and he looked over and was like, huh? Yeah. And then kind of give him a heads up. That's it. That was so funny. And J- Jameer Nelson also popped in at the end of uh, the game tonight. He tried to hop over into the Nuggets locker room and say hi to some guys. And we were all interviewing Will Barton. He was giving him, giving him some crap yep. from the far distance. But just an absolutely mesmerizing game. I-, I can't remember having this much fun being impartial covering a game. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I go definitely back to agree. Golden State last year. Yeah. They, I mean, that's probably a good barometer, I would say. I mean, this was definitely one of the more exciting games, I would say, here. I mean... Kind of dating back to that last overtime thriller, or not overtime, but that game-winning layup that Barton hit against the Bulls a couple yes. weeks ago. So, uh, listen, they improved to 11-2 and two at home right now. They're establishing themselves as one of the premier teams at home in the NBA. Without a doubt. Exactly. So, I mean, a, a lot of good things and a lot of players to talk about. I mean, I think we got, what, six or seven guys that we're going <laughs> to really in-depthly... There is so much to talk about in yeah, this game. absolutely, man. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's start backwards. So let's start with the man of the hour All and the right. guy who we talked to last. So overtime tonight. The Nuggets go into overtime tied at 104 apiece with the New Orleans Pelicans. The Nuggets proceed to outscore the Pelicans 13-7, to but that does not tell the whole story. Will Barton comes in. He has eight points in four quarters. Was not looking good. His back was bothering him. He was really struggling from the field. He had eight assists, so he was still playmaking and being a positive at this at this point. But, oh, he had six assists, sorry. But he comes into overtime and proceeds to score 11 of the Nuggets' 13 points and outscores the Pelicans 11-7 to seven by himself in overtime and officially just locks in this Nuggets win. Yeah, like you said, 11 of the 13 points that the Nuggets did score in that overtime period coming from the hands of Thrill himself. So... Listen, this guy thrives at the end of games. I mean, we've seen him kind of struggle out of the gate in games, um, you know, kind of throughout this season. But crunch time, 
big game scenarios, this guy wants the ball in his hand. You know, Will, we talked to a bunch of different guys out of the game. Malone specifically, you know, said every single huddle, whether he's 0 for 10 or 10 for 10, this is a guy that wants the ball. He's a gamer. He's always locked in. And a guy that has really just seen tremendous growth in his few years as a member of this organization. I mean, this was two years ago. You would never think Will Barton could even be in this position. I mean, two years ago, or three years ago, he legitimately was getting five, six minutes a night with Portland. Yeah. He was averaging maybe three points a game, and he was an atrocious three-point shooter. He has grown tremendously since entering or not entering the league, but since being a member of the Denver Nuggets, for that matter, um, tonight kind of just fully encompasses that. Which leads me back to a very particular point that came out tonight when we were talking to Will Barton. Michael Malone always has this coined phrase that he got from his father who coached, where he says the best thing a coach can do is provide his player with confidence. I asked Will Barton about that tonight because we were talking about Torrey Craig, which we'll get to later, and the the amount of trust that he put into Torrey Craig, as well as Will Barton in that overtime period. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that's where Malone has grown. Like, there was no hesitation. He was like, this is why we're winning more games. Absolutely. Michael Malone is that shoot around talking to guys. He's, you know, trying to rile them up, telling them they're, they're going to be fine, give them that confidence, and really trying to boost them. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is exactly why Will Barton, once Michael Malone got with this organization, suddenly took off. Yeah, without a doubt. I agree. I mean, I think we've seen a couple of guys. Um, kind of taken off under Malone. You know, his running mate who we talked to about last or tonight was Gary Harris as well. A guy since the beginning of his career, really since Malone ever took over as head coach, who has blossomed into this, you know, essential part of the rotations and as a starter, Gary is. And more so with Will, I, I think Will's growth is more tremendous. Like you said, a guy that was in the gutters in Portland for the most part. A guy that was paying He couldn't averaging. get any minutes and they exactly. loved him there. It yeah. wasn't the fact they didn't like him. He just could not get minutes. It's very reminiscent of the way that Trey Lyles was with the yeah, Nuggets. exactly what I was going to like, go. You see the talent, you see that he could be a player, and there's just no minutes for him. And Will Barton just once he arrives and once he starts playing, Michael Malone realizes. He looks down, he's like, "Wow. When Will Barton plays over 26 minutes, he's one of the premier players in the NBA in a lot of ways." Yeah. And that was what he said this year. So actually, I want to go even farther back. Media day last year. Mm-hmm. Not even this yeah. year. Will Barton tells everybody, "I'm a starter. Yeah. Like, I'm a starting quality player." And it's not that he needs to start. It's not that he is like out here trying to get a starting job. This is just the way that he feels about himself. It's more than that, dude. I mean, I can't I I think back. You know, the one thing that kind of set the tone for me with Will Barton this year was that media day. Jeff and I interviewed him uh, in a video, which you guys can check out on myisports.com if you please. Um, shot by Mr. Ryan Green himself, the wizard behind the camera. Um, but I asked him the question, you know, entering a contract year, you kind of enter this with a chip on your shoulder? And I was just expecting him to say, you know, I want to play well, so, you know, when my time comes, uh, you know, I'm worthy of whatever I deserve. I thought that's the answer I was going to get. He said, no, I want to show that I'm one of the best players in the NBA. And he's done that. So I mean, you- you're talking about a guy, like, Realistically, you never think of Will Barton when you, you Will Barton will never be a top twenty player in the league. That will never happen. More, more likely, yeah, don't than tell not. him that. He'll no, disagree. No, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, exactly. But it's that mindset and that belief process that I can go up against LeBron James if I want to. I can go up against Steph Curry if I want to. That leads to these clutch performances. Obviously, with the Nuggets winning tonight, thanks to Will. Obviously, among some of the other guys as well. Uh, but I mean, numerous times Will has come up clutch into a lot of fantastic teams, and it starts with the confidence that Malone instills in him, and that he has it within himself. That's bleeding into the team. Now, listen to this. His rookie year was 2012 13. He comes into the Portland Trailblazers, plays 12 minutes a night, only scores four points, averages two rebounds, and under an assist. He puts up the identical same numbers in 2013 14. Four points, uh, barely two rebounds, exactly 0.8 assists again. Again, 2014 15, he gets a little bit bump in playing time. He's up to 17 minutes a night, only averages seven points, shoots an abysmal 27% from three. 
He gets traded to Denver in the middle of the 2014 season, right? Mm-hmm. He immediately jumps up to an 11-point game guy over 24 minutes. The next year, he averages 28 minutes as a 14.4 point per game kind of guy, and all of a sudden, it's hitting 35% of his threes. Last year, he hits 37% of his threes. Now he's at 41%, averaging yeah. 15.6 points per game. You see his, po- his minutes per game spike from 17 to 25 to 29 to 31 and a half. That is what coaching when coaches give you confidence that is what happens and that is what michael malone has allowed will barton to do is grow within himself just by getting him playing time just by allowing him to be will barton yeah no i mean i i think you hit it on the head you're seeing a lot of these guys growing into themselves more so here in the league in the, in the past few games and i think will barton is certainly a full-fledged testament to that a guy that has you know like you should you read off the numbers right now tj a guy that has exponentially improved as the years have kind of gone along uh, the future is very bright for this guy. Obviously, a free agent after the completion of this season, so we'll have to wait and see if uh, his days as a Denver Nugget continue. But as long as they got this guy, he is an impact player and one that's going to help them win a lot of games. He deserves so much more money than the Nuggets are allowed to offer him to kind of clear up the financial situation of Will Barton. Because of the fact that he is on his second contract getting extended, he can only make up to 120% of his previous salary or the estimated player salary, which is basically the average amount of money that an NBA player makes. So because of that, and because Will Barton is only making $3 million a year, which is less than the average player in the NBA, the most money Denver is allowed to give him on an an extension is four years, $42 million. And that is that's not because gross. the Nuggets want to lowball him. That is literally because of that's how the CBA works. So how does that, so wait, can other teams offer him more? Yes, because that's an extension. He becomes yeah. an unrestricted free agent at the, at the end of the year. So basically he can extend until June 30th because it's a second contract. Yeah. It's not like Gary Harris where he had to extend by October 31st. But then if he hits a, if he becomes, a, if he becomes an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, then the, they can sign into whatever they want. And the Nuggets want. can offer him yes. more money at that point as well. And okay. the Nuggets do love him. I mean, th- this is the thing. Tim Connolly and Will Barton go back to Baltimore yeah, together for where sure. Will Barton is from. They have a long-standing connection. The Nuggets cannot really afford to pay him more than that 442 Very in the true. long term. That's, that's, what, that's the bummer of the situation because the odds are Wilson Chandler opts into his contract next year for $12 million yep. and Darrell Arthur opts into his $6 million. Yeah. So... If the Nuggets can get him anywhere around 442, even 450 or lower, that is an, an absolute steal, and he wants to be here. Yeah, well, he has that, told me that. That he, bridges the gap to my. I was going to say, I don't mean to cut you no, off there. Um, just where uh, I'm kind of curious just to see where he's he- where his head's at. Is it money or comfort? So what I have talked to him personally. So first of all, $42 million is $42 million. Oh, yeah, you're, no, straight, you're good. Yeah, but if you can get, I mean, we've seen. If you can get 65, yeah, it's hard to say no yeah, to no. that. But at the same time, Gary Harris said, he was like, listen, like, I didn't get any time in Portland. Like, I came to Denver and they trusted in me. Like, my career was revived in Denver because they allowed me to be me. They gave me the minutes and the confidence to do what I have done at this point. He does have a love for this organization. He does have a love for Tim Connolly and Michael Malone who have allowed him to yeah. do what he does and I think because of that there could be a situation where the Nuggets just go on a great run they suddenly are still the five seed in the Western Conference and he's like you know what this is a place I like to be yeah. 42 million dollars is still life-changing money yeah. like m- maybe the Nuggets can do some crazy swindling where they give him half of his contract oh sorry half of his contract up front or something yeah because there's a lot of weird ways you can kind of yeah. work around those extension um, you know numbers that you can't go past all those caps but I don't know what it's incentive. going to take. Can you do incentive based? You can't no, go more they, yeah, than I guess four forty two. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Like you cannot because this is the thing about incentives. So a little thing about Gary Harris's contract that I did a lot of research mm-hmm. on too. Only fifteen percent of the actual cap hit of the contract can be unlikely incentives. That means that eighty five percent of the money, even though he hasn't reached those incentives, still count towards the cap. Mm-hmm. So. 
even if you were able to incentivize his contract, it goes over 442 because 85% of whatever his incentives are have to count against the cap. Mm. I know that's a lot of gibberish, no, yeah. but that's kind of the outline situation of why yeah. it is that way. It seems like Will is definitely one of the more... Uh, I, I definitely sense the loyalty in Will's voice when we talk to him and the Listen, sincerity of it. When you go look at Will Barton's Instagram where you'd see the tattoo on his back, there's this thing where it's PTF, protect the family. It has everything to do with him, his friends, every his family, everything. He is loyal to a fault. He finds love in his family, and that is what really drives him, at least from what I have picked up. I'm not Will Barton. I am not a very good friend of Will Barton, none of that. But just what I've been able to pick up from people that I know around him, from him talking to him, the loyalty within him means something. Absolutely. So that could play a factor, but at the same time, we just don't know. All I know is that I really hope Will signs that extension. Yeah, he's a good player, man. A swingman that's stepped up countless times. But uh, let's talk about the game. I mean, we don't want to speculate too much about Barton's <laughs> yeah, contract. I can do Although, that I, I think the final talking point on that is he'd be a really, really nice person to get back in this team. Oh, if they could I, he, I think he would change the culture of this team if he's he still took going, what, 26 years old, I yeah, think? 27? So, like, I mean, yeah, man. And this is the thing. The, we have talked over and over again about the, how the Nuggets need an alpha personality. Mm-hmm. Will Barton is a dude who's barking for the ball no matter what. He wants the ball. He wants to be the guy, and he showed it tonight. Like, the Nuggets don't win this game without him. Absolutely. Plain and simple. I mean, the Nuggets don't win this game without a lot of people. And I, but 11 of 13. Oh, oh no, 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 for sure. Period. But, I mean, he carried him home. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, real quick, do you have anything left that you specifically want to say about Barton? Because I really want to talk about some someone just based off winning, getting the, getting these Nuggets to win. Go, go There's ahead. one guy, Mason Plumley, Absolutely. A guy that we talked about in the Periscope, walk and talk. I just cannot stress. I I just I have seen a different Mason Plumley than I saw last year. Well, he's getting minutes. Well, no, no, no. But it's not just that. It's more... He's just—he's a completely revolutionized player. I mean, this is just something that I haven't seen from Mason since he's been with this team. I mean, I cannot stress it enough. Um, he, this guy was glistening red tonight, TJ. I mean, he was like the red rocket out there. That's what he looked like. <laughs> I mean, he looked like his head was there about is to only explode. One red rocket. Let's get very, this straight. Very true. No, I, that was a that was a bad. But it's true. Comparison. I mean, he okay. This is the thing about Mason Plumlee. He played 31 minutes tonight, which is that's a lot of minutes for him. He only put up nine points, nine rebounds. It wasn't like he was flying off the stat sheet, but he was a team high plus 10, in a game that went to overtime. Yeah. It. That I, I just plus I, minus means something listen, there. And if you did not watch the game tonight. I, I I just I, I don't know how to paint this picture like in your head. But what he was able to do tonight against DeMarcus Cousins was early on it was part of, partially skill, but like that entire fourth quarter, like especially like that last five minute stretch where the Nuggets really mounted that comeback, uh, fumes he was on. Fumes. Yes, I I think that I know the right way to be able to dictate yeah. this for people. You when p- Everyone was exhausted, and there became just this sheer determination and passion and aggression out of most players, but especially Mason Plumley. Yeah, he found this reserve tank that nobody in the Pelicans wasn't had. even a reserve. It's, well, he was dead. Like he it's looked just like he was about to keel over. He actually skipped out of media out yeah, of media dude. availability really early tonight. We didn't get a chance to talk to him because I think he was just so exhausted. It was. And yeah, he put everything into that. When you are able to play with the kind of tenacity that allows you to get into the head of DeMarcus Cousins in the way that he did tonight, that won't come up on the box score. That isn't something that you're going to see because when you look at it, and if you just looked at this box score, you'd be like, Mason Plumlee was garbage. He had nine points, nine rebounds, and he allowed DeMarcus Cousins to put up 29 points tonight. Mm-hmm. This is what you don't see. DeMarcus Cousins only had four rebounds tonight. How many turnovers do you think DeMarcus Cousins had off the top of your head? Random guess. I know you don't Four know. as well? He had nine turnovers Whoa. tonight. Nine. All right. He almost had a double-double, not points, like, rebounds. Like points three, and turnovers. Yeah. 
That's incredible by Mason Plumley to do that kind of work on him. And, and the reason why, oh, sorry, continue. Well, I was going to say, like, one thing, and I know Boogie is, you know, a hothead, so it's not very hard to, you know, kind of tick him off, but the fact that Mason Plumley, I mean, like, it, it wasn't like Rudy Gobert was guarding this guy. I mean, and not to disrespect, not to try to disrespect Mason Plumley, but a guy, I mean, quite frankly, who is not among the top centers in the league, the fact that Mason Plumley was able to guard, I mean, would you say, I think Boogie's probably the best center in the league? I would he's say top he's the three? most talented yeah, center okay, in the league. He but can the most do versatile, he exactly. On the court, uh, you could say he's maybe the toughest matchup then because of For that anybody, versatility. Yes. Exactly. For Mason Plumlee, a guy who you know really is built a lot off his natural ability in terms of grinding and going for it, as opposed to physicality, it is uh, the, it was he's a physical dude. No, but you know what I'm saying. Like it's not like he's lengthy and is naturally athletic. In he's not he's one very of those clunky, when incredibly he plays. fluid, like built in a laboratory yeah, basketball. Exactly. He's very clunky. When he, he's self-made. You yes. can tell that he's made yes. it off pride and hard work and effort, and the fact that he. He was able to superiorly defend someone who has these God-given talents like Boogie was just fantastic. And a testament to the hard work. And abs- and that's the other thing, too. And staying is that ready. It led to the Nuggets being able to get 12 steals tonight because Mason Plumley standing up DeMarcus Cousins and not allowing him much room and not allowing him to back him down is what allowed guys like Trey Lyles, who had three steals tonight, guys like Gary Harris, who had two steals tonight, guys like Jamal Murray, who had three steals tonight, dig on him over yeah. and over again. That's what allowed the Nuggets to have not force him into nine turnovers. Absolutely. That's called playing the, the personnel the correct way. Mm-hmm. That's KYP. That's doing things things the way you know you need to. That's following the damn game plan, finally. Absolutely. And because of that, the nine point and nine rebounds turned him into the most impactful player in this game, in my opinion. Oh, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, listen, we entered this game knowing the Nuggets were obviously going to be down Millsap, and Jokic was going to be on a minute's restriction. We'll at talk the, about that here in a little bit. the best case scenario. Exactly. So, I mean, you already knew they were going to have the sure thing advantage having two bigs, that two elite bigs at that, in Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, I think a lot of people had the Nuggets losing this game just based off that matchup alone but listen a true win a gr- a gutty win and one that Will Barton said one that we needed to get uh, and again he he kind of acknowledged the home crowd as being a big factor into why these guys are 11 and 2 at home so i mean again it, it just fully encompasses this all this whole thing uh the process of grinding out for things and, and you know not being spoon fed really earning everything that you, you yes. kind of accomplish is something that we saw on full force tonight and that's a guy like gary harris was that was that kind yeah, of let's that kind talk of about gary for a little bit man I, he deserves it i mean there's so many different things i can't believe that it's gone under the radar because how crazy this game was tonight gary harris's name did not get mentioned nearly enough by the media members talking about it gary harris was the leading scorer of the nuggets tonight and it didn't feel that way watching the game but whenever you started feeling the pelicans tear away from that 10 point lead they had because there was a point where the nuggets went back and forth between a 12 point deficit and a 10-point deficit and just kept flipping and flopping back and forth. Every time they got back to 10, it, I felt like it was Gary Harris hitting the shot. Yeah. Like, he has become this guy that brings this cool, calm, and collectiveness to the entire roster. I've said it like four. nine times on this podcast. I can't He's say a enough. 23-year-old that plays like a 28-year-old. Yeah, he is. I mean, and this is the thing, too. Gary Harris is not playing small amounts of minutes. No. Um, I was talking with Matt Moore about, like, just how Gary Harris, like, it was, it was funny because I looked at him, I was like, Gary Harris has 20 assists in three games. And Matt looked at me and he was like, yeah. And I was like, what do you mean that doesn't surprise yeah. you? Like, this dude didn't know how to play make last mm-hmm. year. And he was like, at this point, nothing Gary Harris does surprise me. I'm saying, me. dude, that's why I, I was way outlandish and wasn't even thinking when I said I think he could average 10 assists a game a few podcasts it, ago. It's still outlandish. But that's also why I, I was I, like, well, I yeah. love you, bud. No, I, no, no I, I thought about that after I said that. I was like... What the hell was I smoking before that? Yeah, <laughs> just joking around. One T assist in three games, though. Yeah, man. Like, I don't know what the heck I was thinking with that, but I mean, needless. The, the emphasis of that point I was trying to make is this is a guy that can get assists, and I yes. truly believe that. I haven't said this on record. I don't think. I don't think I said it on the podcast. 
I love Jamal Murray, and this is not a shot at Jamal Murray, but let's just say he doesn't become the phenom that every single fan imagines that he could potentially be. And I'm not saying that he's not going to be. He has shown the work ethic, the talent, and the ability to become that guy, but he hasn't gotten there yet. It's his second year in the league as a 20-year-old, so I'm not trying to bash Jamal Murray by saying this. Gary Harris, in my opinion, could end up in the next three, four years becoming the Nuggets starting point guard. Yeah, oh, and this I, is a crazy I, I, hot take. Agree with a that. lot of people don't agree with this, but the way I look at it is that Nikola Jokic could take this offense under his wing so much that Gary Harris can kind of play the Patrick exactly, Beverly role, exactly. except be a supersized version of Patrick Beverly. Absolutely. If you can be a dog defensively, not even at the level Patrick Beverly does, but if you can come in and you can put 21 points up, 9 of 16 shooting, and add 5 assists and only 2 turnovers, that's, that's productive point guard play for this Nuggets team. Like, I would be absolutely happy with that over and over and over again, and I think he could be that guy eventually. I know it's a hot take. People think I'm crazy. I, I, don't, I mean, I think it's a very justifiable take. I mean, listen, what is the I mean, I hate this terminology because everybody uses it, but what is the league right now? A positionless league. What is what 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 is the hot commodity in, in, in the NBA right now? Forwards that can play three, four, and five, <laughs> or guards that can guard one through four. What can Gary Harris do? He can guard one through three. Without a doubt. I you mean, mean depending I mean, on the maybe three, four. I mean, depending on if you play small ball, but he's a guy that is versatile enough to do some things that can really help this team moving forward in a capacity that I think you can rely heavily on, you know, with Jokic and him as the one, too. I absolutely believe that five years from now. Heck yeah. I have said that Jamal or not Jamal, that Gary Harris should be the the untouchable player alongside Nikola Jokic on this team. Like, that's just how I feel about this, because he is so damn good it is incredible to watch what he does and when you think about it the starters only scored 50 points for the nuggets tonight gary harris scored 21 of them like he carried this starting unit in an offensive scoring load and i was talking to matt more about this before the game as well and adam Mares. like where the hell are they gonna get scoring from starting tory craig uh, you know wilson chandler mason plumley gary harris jamal murray we we're like yeah of course jamal murray and gary harris can do it but they're really going to need a lot more scoring. Gary Harris came out and put up almost half of their points by himself to make this happen. What did he have? He finished with 21, Lyles and Barton both with 19. Um, and then it? Jamal Murray at 15 mm-hmm. for the next highest score. And then Nikola Jokic was the next highest score at 13. <laughs> and he's with 22 minutes played. Also, so funny. the Nuggets bench had 67 points tonight. Yes, they did. That's a really big deal in my opinion. Because do you remember what we were talking about last time we were on this podcast? Uh, I do, the bench. And not <laughs> they, be, had they had 12 like four. damn oh, yeah. points. <laughs> Exactly. Here's my thing, too. I, I, oh, man. It, it is really good to kind of get that performance from the bench, but I can't. One guy, man, and you know he's my guy right now, Trey Lyles. So, uh, so I mean, good. A guy, again, I, what did he have? 19 tonight, I just said. He had 13 he's, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, phenom- I mean and, and he didn't make the shot, but there was an opportunity there. I think it was tied at 101, and he took a pull up three, or not a pull up three, but I, I think it was Jamal dished it to him, and there was like 20 was seconds left in the it shot. Was in the clock. right, with the right yeah. wing, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. And he took the three, and I'm like, Damn, Trey Lyles, you are really playing with confidence. And it's not just that. Gary Harris is playing with the confidence in you. I mean, Lyles has just been fantastic. 19 points tonight. His third game out of four that he's recorded double-digit points. Um, His versatility has just been phenomenal for this team. And we've talked about it on the Periscopes today. I I think this is a guy you're going to see Kenneth Reed slowly but surely get a little phased out. I think Trey Lyles is the future, and the future is now. Kenneth Reed only played six minutes tonight. Mm -hmm. Garbage time at the end of the second quarter, right? Yep, and Trey Lyles played 30. There you go. I mean, when you have Emmanuel Moutier... Playing eight minutes oh, after getting hurt, too. and he played more than Kenneth Fareed. I want to hear here, and I, I don't want to get too pe- speculatory. But Malone's answer to the question about Moutier kind of gave I, what? What about I, it? I, it just was a little interesting to me. I just like I, it didn't seem too sinister what he said. I don't know, man. It just we'll see. I, I mean, we we've talked, we've, we've we've speculated about the situation <laughs> around Moutier and Malone, but. I don't know. I, it just there's obviously been a little bit of tension there, um, in just based off Moutier's play here in recent time, but. Something really 
talking to me off about that to Will Barton tonight again after the game. He told me that his guys, Gary Harris, he's like, we sit on the plane next to each other. Yeah. We sit on, we sit, we have our lockers next to each other. Like they feed off of each other. Without Emmanuel Moutier, you're going to get a whole lot more Gary Harris, Will Barton closing mm-hmm. together. And even if you throw in Jamal Murray into that mix, that's still this a is the very path of the need to take. TJ. I was saying before the season started, yeah, I would be closing games with Will Barton at point guard. That's why it was so. Yeah, I mean, and that makes perfect sense. But I think the bigger question here that's kind of being beaten around the bush is what the heck are you doing with Emmanuel Moutier? What do you do with him? Listen, I'm at the point now, and I've been as much of a Moutier stand as there is. Like I've really tried to believe in this kid. It's just not going to happen in Denver. Like yeah, and that's every where I'm at too. single player that plays. So Matt Moore wrote a piece about if he's buying or selling the Nuggets and a few other teams, and his reasoning for why he did not want the, or he did not buy the Nuggets was because of, of Emmanuel Moutier. Plain and simple. Like he said that it's very hard to put the fault on a team on a singular person. Emmanuel Moutier is the anomaly, and I agree with him. Yeah. Every single player when they're on the court without Emmanuel Moutier is a positive player. Every single player when they're on the court with Emmanuel Moutier is a negative player. So what do you do? You cut him? You can't cut him, yeah, but I mean, at, at some point he is becoming unplayable. Wancho Hernan Gomez was inactive tonight because he is unplayable right now. Yeah, and like, but there's other underlying circumstances with Wancho. Obviously, how taxed he was coming into the summer course, and then the mononucleosis, but, but Moutier, there's no excuse. Moutier, he's had three years. He was a seventh overall draft pick. This is a guy, listen, and quite frankly, this was his last chance entering this year for, with, with the Nuggets. I agree with that. I mean, he came, I mean... We, this we, was his biggest year. This is, this is the absolute, year he needed this, to show yes, something. Yes, I mean, if he did not show something this year, which he hasn't, I mean, there's no way he's, he's on taking roster steps next forward. year. I mean, he's hitting his threes a lot oh, better. Man, He is getting to the rim as effortlessly as he was he's been doing that since his rookie year yes but it's it's back to the way he was able to but the passing's gone the scoring at the rim which was better at the very 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 beginning of the year he's just phased out dude like we go in the locker rooms like and he's just not even there well this is like we we haven't been able to talk to moody he hasn't been around you can't get him and i remember there was a couple instances i think it was brendan ewing of of dig in denver um you know before the year uh and he's he's a young up-and-coming reporter who i've got to know pretty well over over the past few months but he went up and asked Moutier for a question, or went up and asked for an interview, and Moutier like, was like, what do, you, what, what do you want to ask me? And it's more so like Moutier is just so, I think he just views the media kind of in a hostile manner right now about I don't want bad things being written about me, which I understand. There was a point last year, at the very beginning of last year, when there was a certain, I'm not going to say who or what or what outlet, but there was a certain article written where Manuel Moutier was ranked the worst point guard in all of the NBA. And... That, I think, is what started this. And I don't know if it was for sure, but like Michael Malone made a comment about it. It was just weird and interesting. But Moutier has found himself in a position where it just isn't working for him. And I think at some point now, I think it's right now. I think that with Emmanuel Moutier hurt, it is time to just move on yeah, for the foreseeable absolutely. future. And I'm not trying to like put the final nail in the coffin. He can play his way back into a role. He has the tools. He has the understanding. He knows what to do. Michael Malone has had every other young player get better yeah. under him besides Yusef Nurkic and Emmanuel Moutier. Well, and that, I was going to say, that name that you just brought up, Yusef Nurkic. I don't no, want to compare I, the no, two I, if we no, don't know I, enough, No, and I don't want to, but I was going to say in terms of how you think you could see him being phased out. Remember Yuka a couple seasons ago when he came back from that, uh, from that um, what was it, the back injury, I think it was? Yeah. He just, Malone just didn't play him for like 12 games in a row, even though he was completely well, Jameer Nelson and Jamal Murray became the backcourt at that point. Yeah, they were the, they were the point guard rotation. Well, no, I'm talking about Yusuf. Oh, Yusuf. Sorry, I, no, I'm wrong. saying I'm saying I think that's how you're going to see the Moutier thing go down. Yeah, I hope not. You know what I'm talking went about? Out, it went down badly. That was oh. not a good situation for anybody. But that's involved. also because Yusuf is a little crybaby as well. Malone. It, there is there is part of that. He mopes. He gets very Absolutely. upset and down on himself, and he does those kinds of things. But there could have been better situations by both ends on that equation. Oh, without most a doubt. of it was started by Yusuf Nurkic, from what I have been able to gather. But at the same time. There, it, it's just interesting how this has played out because I don't know if Emmanuel Moody has much of a future with this team. I just 
don't at this point. I mean, I, I mean, I, and I can't. Uh, obviously, this has no substance behind it. But I mean, why would he have a future with this team? How can you continually justify that? I mean, this is just obvious. This is basic logic at this point. Especially when Will Barton's putting up six assist games all the time. Move along. Like, move on. When you See, have that's Gary Harris clear hitting five assists, when you have Jamal Murray having three assists, and you have Will Barton having six assists, those are your three guards that are producing for you. And then you get playmaking from Nikola Jokic as well, and Mason Plumlee and Tory Craig. Like, I don't, I don't see how you need another facilitator that can't shoot at this point. And I it agree. sucks. And it's it's really, really, really crappy for him because I do think there's a lot of hidden talent still hiding inside of Emmanuel Moutier. Uh, and and it'll, still, be it'll be tapped somewhere else. And yeah, and I think if it does get tapped, the Nuggets are going to look really bad for getting rid of him, but it's just not happening here. Exactly. And I mean, that's exactly what we'll say, you know, three let's, or four let, years from now. Let's move on. This game was yeah, so much yeah. fun. It's not worth bashing on Moutier any further. The next guy that I, I can't believe it's taken me this long to talk about him, Tory Craig, <laughs> man. Yeah, I can't like, believe we haven't talked about him. I, I go back to Summer League. This year, I asked Tommy Balchettis, who is the director of analytics for the Denver Nuggets, who's a guy that I wouldn't know that I should be paying attention for in Summer League? No hesitation. First name out of his mouth was Tory Craig, as fast as he could say yeah, it. And I'm a te- I, could t- I could attest to this. I was with TJ in Summer League, and I, I was sitting next to him at a couple of these games, and he told me, he even told me, he's like, can you take a couple pictures of me and Tory Craig so I could use this for my yeah, story? Yeah, I didn't have I'm any pictures of Tory Craig to put on for an article, so I literally made and I was like, 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 take pictures for me from the media Yeah, section. and I was like, all right, yeah, man. No, I just got this camera for sure, but I mean, listen, and at the time i'm like tj what, the, what is your obsession with this guy i remember we were sitting in the airport <laughs> everyone thought i was crazy we, we were sitting in the airport doing a podcast i'm like tj what are you doing dude like come on like is it, he's it gonna be a g league player if anything I, I gotta give you credit man you were right the uh, first this is a guy get- that is uh, listen before I, I let you dish it to you real quick this is a guy that i think is gonna have a role with this team moving forward i really do I would not be surprised if at some point you see the Nuggets create a roster spot just to be able to bring Torrey Craig on Absolutely. full time. Like, I'm, I'm Absolutely. not even kidding. I was talking to a couple Nuggets guys today, and they blatantly told me they don't care about his limit of time he can be at, at the NBA level. They're not going to be conservative with his time. They do not want to get to a point where at the end of the year, he has 12 days he could have had left with the yeah, Nuggets. No. They are not going to do that. Could this almost be like a Yogi Ferrell kind of situation? Yes, that's exactly what it is. And it's different because it's two-way contract, so what you have to do yeah. with a two-way contract is he is the 17th roster spot, quote-unquote, but he cannot be a full-time player as the 17th or 16th roster spot. You need to cut a guy on your 15-man roster to allow him to sign on for a minimum contract. So they need to get rid of a player to be able to have him on the okay, roster. Yeah, full-time. that makes sense. Let me backtrack here real quick just for my own kind of personal use. So with incorporating of the two-day contracts, that eliminated the seven-day No, contract. they can still do 10-day contracts. All right, 10-day contract. Yes. So there are still 10-day contracts you can sign, I believe. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I just suck with. The and business this is the side thing is that this is all new. So this is this is these are some of those Q and A's that haven't really come up yet because no one's signed any ten day guys yet. This is the first year with two way players. I think a two way two way contracts are phenomenal. I do. They too. really I are. They're so useful. Monte, Monte Morris. Morris. Yeah, yeah, that's where I was going next. I mean, a guy. Listen, I don't want to talk a lot about Monte because he's still in the G League, obviously. But I mean, it helps guys like it. no, for sure. But a guy like Tori, who is lighting the G League on fire, Tori Craig extent. is the third leading scorer in the G League right now. Plain and simple. It's I mean, incredible. That's exactly what it is. But I, I was going to say, we talked about it on the Periscope, but a guy that it came from Australia, a guy that has been just grinding effortlessly, you know, to get to where he needs to be. The fact that he got there getting his first NBA start tonight with six points and a block on Drew Holiday to send it to overtime. I mean, what more do you want? When you, uh, so I was, I mean, I'm a, just a freak about Torrey Craig because I just love the way he plays and I yeah, really think absolutely. there's a future for him in the NBA. So I was paying attention to the box score for him the entire game. It never got below zero for a plus minus. He never went into the negative. What that means is that when he was on the floor for his 18 minutes, the Nuggets were not once outscored in his stint. Yeah. 
It's great. The reason why was his defense. Yeah. What kind of player? And just to outline Tory Craig's path to get to the Denver Nuggets today to play. So last night, he gets a call like very late last night, somewhere like 9, 10 p.m., that the Nuggets are going to call him up. He had to get an Uber a couple hours away to go to the next town over in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, to get on a plane at 4 a.m. to fly to Denver to go straight to the facility to get the film work in and shoot around in, went to back to his hotel room, got two hours of rest, went back to get pregame warm-ups in, and Michael Malone's like, oh, hey, by the way, you're starting tonight. Oh, by the way, you're guarding Drew Holiday tonight. And oh, by the way, you're going to end up with the block that sends us to yeah. regular, or ends the game in regulation and sends us to overtime to give us the win. The Nuggets, I believe, second or third possession of the game, Tory Craig in rhythm takes a corner three-pointer. Yeah, like I it, saw it. it didn't even matter. It didn't go in, but <laughs> no. he took it. And one thing, just random thing I want to throw out there, the headband swag. Oh, I the headband swag is so dope. It's so it. dope, dude. And so we were talking to Tory Craig after the game, and he go, we, and it was asked, like, do you have any butterflies? Were you nervous? I mean, this is your first start in the NBA. You only had one other appearance. Like, you nah. know, you have Drew Holiday. The Nuggets are struggling. They need you. And he was like, nah. You know, basketball. like you get a little anxious before games every, every game, but I've been playing basketball forever. That was literally what he said. And like everybody looks around like, who the hell Absolutely. is this kid? Yeah, it, it was it was special, man. It, it's one of, see, like this is why we do what we do, man. It's a good story. I mean, it's incredible. Can, I've been covering the story forever. I love this it's story. It's fantastic that we could kind of take a step back. I mean, yes, he did have a good game, but you, you just feel... You feel good for the guy. I mean, you really do. You can't help but be like, "Damn, dude, good for you." I cannot wait to write an oral history. I'm have to go pitch this to case or to there Doug for the for the um for the magazine because this is the thing. Going back to summer league with Tory Craig. So I did a feature on him when he was at with with the Nuggets at training camp after he had signed as a two way player, mm-hmm. and I asked him. I was like, you know, you were like the MVP of the NBL league. Like you were killing in Australia, and New Zealand. You were defensive player of the year. You were winning titles. Like when they when they called you about coming over, like how confirming was that for you he was like confirming he's like i almost didn't come and i was like you you, you almost didn't come yeah. to summer league to play for a professional basketball team he was like no he's like i don't know if i was gonna play i don't know if I'm gonna get any time i had a good thing going in australia i almost didn't come so tory craig decides to go yeah tory craig puts up a game where he has 29 15 and 6 or something obscene i ask him directly after that game do you have you any contact about a two-way contract he's like oh not yet and then literally like four days later he had a two-way contract then go. he goes to the g league tears apart the g league he's averaging 25 8 three and a half two blocks and then a steal a game right now just stupid obscene numbers that's, that's video game numbers and he proceeds to come up to the, come up to the nuggets after only sleeping two hours and traveling all night yeah. and just handles it's business. gutsy man it's fantastic i mean look I mean, I just don't know what more to say. I mean, it's just, it's a true testament to a guy that wants it and a guy yes. that has, been, you know, stopped at no cost to get there. And he played the majority of the third quarter. He played a big chunk of the fourth quarter. He locked down the final possession of the game in isolation against Drew Holiday, who had 25 points at the time and was just dis- dis- dismantling whoever was Absolutely. in front of him. And then plays a little bit of overtime and plays great defense all the way through. He wasn't great shooting tonight. He was two of six from the field, one of four from three, but he had four rebounds, two assists, a steal, and two blocks. Like, he was as productive as he could be in his first stint, I, I feel like, and it was incredible to watch him. Absolutely. I mean, all I have to say, you know, to kind of round up on this Tory Craig thing is I, I just I can't wait to see what the future holds for this guy. Because Seriously. I, I mean, like I said, we've talked about it more so specifically with Trey Lyles and now Tory Craig. I think these are two guys that can legitimately inject themselves within the rotations um, just based off their their recent Trey play. Trey Lyles has earned his spot in the rotation. Oh, without, I mean, dude, like, Kenneth Reed is... He's shooting like 50% from three at this point. 
very good right now. He shot 27% last year. He's yeah. doubled his I'm gonna, three yeah, percentage. I'm going to be writing a story on this from MyEyeSports.com. I've been kind of following the Trey Lyle situation <laughs> since training camp. You about the same dude over and over and over I mean, again. but it's hard not to, you I'm know? literally going to have three articles on Tory Craig up in like 24 oh hours at this juncture goodness. in my life it because I just fun. can't stop writing about him. Let's talk real quick about the big man. The man who made his return. Nikola Jokic. I'm not going to lie. It's definitely kind of weird seeing him out there. Like I was just like I'm like got used to not seeing you for six games. Like yeah. this team got used to you seven. not playing for six, or seven games. Yeah. What are you doing here? And it was just it was very weird to just. And he was know. rusty to start. Yeah, he, he was, didn't like, look comfortable to start. Exactly, but I mean, he didn't look comfortable to start. Plays twenty two minutes and gets a double. Well, let's be real. How often does he look comfortable? And just Never. in general, <laughs> he's just like this gangly individual who's just like doing oh, arbitrary crap, and it's hysterical. Are so we playing COD right now? Yeah, it was so funny too because um, the, someone asked Jamal Murray about how good it was to see Nikola Jokic back. He was like, "That was awful. I don't want to see Nikola Jokic anymore." <laughs> and but Nikola Jokic, seriously, like he played twenty two minutes, which Malone said he wanted to keep him around twenty. Six of thirteen from the field, eleven rebounds. He had three offensive. He had four assists. Uh, only one turnover, 13 points. Funny thing, though, he was a team worse negative four tonight. <laughs> How often is Nikola Jokic a team worse in net Not rating? Or in, so. in, in plus it's like minus. a role reversal. Um, he did say after the game, well, there was a couple interesting comments about his ankle. Where, yes. Where he said, he was asked, he was like, well, how's your ankle? He was like, it, it hurt from here and there. He was like, well, you know, it came out that there was a worry about you mentally being strong enough. And like really being okay and owning the fact that you got to kind of be prepared for the fact that your ankle is going to hurt and you have to trust it still. And he was like, well, yeah, like when I, when my ankle was hurt to hurt a little bit during the game, he immediately got nervous mentally. And that is something that is not, it's a really bad sign. Yeah. I, it makes me nervous for the long-term future. He said he was fine repeatedly, but when you're nervous about it, it changes the way you play. And I Absolutely. hope that he can get over that because I don't know if he's ever been injured like this. Like he picked up a basketball like seven years ago and was playing against like random dudes in the Adriatic league. So who knows if he's had an actual like injury Absolutely. where it's like really messed with him mentally. That's a tough thing. Danilo Gallinari missed extra time after his ACL reconstruction can, because he was worried mentally that his knee wouldn't hold you up. Can make this, uh, you, that ACL, injury screwed up his career well it was the rehab because well, they no, did well, yeah, yeah yes exactly but i mean spare a mental uh, no, rehab or whatever it, well, exactly but did. it all goes into oh, man which sucks <laughs> because that guy could have been a hell of a player and he's just he was a hell of a player even with now? it he's been in and out of the lineup with the clippers not playing very How well bad he's had glute issues he's had thigh issues he's i don't know about the end but he's been very injury prone i mean he went to the clippers so it was you, you were the second you sign with the clippers there's an injury bug that jumps up and bites you in the hand and you're screwed so absolutely well Jokic does his thing tonight with the double double i mean just kind of what we come to expect from him but uh, needless to say impressive in 22 minutes coming off your first game yes and what's even more impressive for me is that the defense was a bend don't break defense you hear that a lot in football which it makes sense because you don't want to give up the big play but they allowed demarcus cousins anthony davis and drew holiday to combined for 82 points tonight mm -hmm. when you allow them to score that many points it's almost impossible to beat them like yeah. you like you don't beat teams when their three best players have games like that and yet the nuggets found a way to gut this win out which is a point that i really wanted to make the nuggets continually find ways to win games they should not be winning yes and that is a uh, sign. Wait, hold, on, hold on back up what do you mean that they should not be winning they this is a game they should down win. by 18 without with nicole Jokic doesn't first matter game back paul Millsap not playing well will barton still hurting they could have and this don't forget one of the toughest things to do in the nba is to go on a long road trip come back home Absolutely. and not and, and be able to win that game everything in my opinion that the nuggets had to night was not in their favor 
Will Barton was struggling the entire night. Like it was just one of those things where it just didn't feel like it was a good situation for the Nuggets, but yet the second half came in and they just started okay, gutting yeah, it out. I don't think this is I don't think you can label this as a game that they shouldn't win because I mean entering the game this is an okay, absolute sure, game. Okay, sure. Yeah, like the Nuggets probably should have been favored in no, this but, game uh, at uh, home at, game, like a Vegas spread, but they were no, getting yeah, annihilated no, in that first No, no, half. no, exactly. And that's where I kind of want to ex- hone in on is it, they were down and out. Is the best way to kind of put it. I mean, they, they, it looks like they were wearing the white flag. I think um, New Orleans pulled away by like 18 or something like that at one point. I mean, it, it was bad. And, and, you know, Jamal Murray kind of said, you know, we got that second win. After the altitude sickness kind of got out of our ways and whatnot, we were able to really kind of buckle down. And like you said, the defense supported by guys like Trey Lyles and Mason Plumley, two guys that have been playing on the bench for a majority of the season, stepping up in crucial times. Yeah, and they forced 19 turnovers. I mean, of course, nine of them came from yeah. Marcus Cousins. That's still obscene. I didn't realize that until I read the box where I was like, nine? What the hell happened to him? But it was just an all-around incredible game. The yes, Nuggets now have two days off. We will be talking to Paul Millsap finally after his injury comes Sunday. So that will be happening as well. But I think that's all I got from this game. I had so much fun. I did like, too, man. It's hard for media members who are impartial and to really have fun at these games. And like, like here's this, the thing: this for, was just incredible for, for some fans that are listening out there as well. Like, when you become a media member, like your fan inside of you kind of dies. It has to. Like, just because, like, yeah, you have to be objective, and then like you also just kind of learn the ins and the outs of the industry, and, and you learn you, you learn some things, you see some things, and it just kind of changes your perspective on how you view sports. But I mean, there's a few instances I can say this: Ichiro's 3000th hit when I covered that live, seeing Russell Westbrook break the triple double record. That was last a top. Yeah, and, and that was this, incredible. And, and watching clutch basketball like we saw tonight and unified team basketball it's just it's fun to watch because it's good for the sport it's, and, and, and it, you know what's good it's because it's not individuals that are succeeding mm-hmm. it's a yep. team effort it's it, and it, i feel like just in society in general it's all about me 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 i want what's best for me and you know we, got, we talked about it with will barton today i asked him you know is this group like a gang of brothers? And he said, absolutely. Basketball creates family. Basketball creates that kind of atmosphere. It was absolutely fantastic. I think the Nuggets are one of the best teams at doing that right now. Yeah, I agree. And that, That's my biggest takeaway from this too, I asked my, Another thing I asked Will Barton, we had a great conversation with Will Barton, if you can't tell. But, um, yes, we did. Uh, I asked Will, I was like, you know, Michael Malone's a young head coach. Mm-hmm. You guys are yes, a young yeah, team. Yeah, let's talk about this real quick. And he was like, yeah, I mean, us growing together. As a team, not just as a roster, as a unit with their head coach, with all their assistants, with every, and even Tim Connolly, that was his first time being a GM when he got hired here. Yeah. Arturis Karnasovis is his first time being a GM now. And this group of the Nuggets organization, the Nuggets roster, the Nuggets coaching staff, they're growing together at an exponential pace right now. And Will Barton blatantly said he was like the reason of like Michael Malone growing with us and being able to inspire this confidence within us has allowed us to win more games. You know, I've been extremely critical of Malone. As have a lot of other media members. Yeah, I gotta say, me, I gotta say, no, I, yeah. I've loved Michael Malone, man. No, yeah, yeah, to your credit and whatnot. But not I, my credit, I'm just it's just no, yeah. But I mean, listen, like what I want to just say is. It's a good thing for him to finally get some good pub from his players. Because honestly, I, I I don't know when anyone says something like that about him. And I want to be able to preface this by saying it's very rare that a player will talk about their coach. Those are yes, interpersonal yes, relationships true. that they don't talk about. And that's good because these are personal, individual human beings but who you have their ne- own lives. But you never hear Michael Malone being the reason the Nuggets win games. You've never heard sure, that before. because players get the credit when things go good and coaches get the credit when things go bad. Absolutely. That's just and vice versa. There's some instances, though, where you see the coaches by design you need inserting very... players. No, absolutely. And again, I know you, it, it, there's a little bit of bias based on who the coaches are and mm-hmm. whatnot. But obviously, whenever you think Michael Malone, I feel like the general Nuggets fan thinks bad coach that has bad rotations and causes us to lose. 
and I need like I'm going to start writing a feature. It's going to take a while. This is a hard feature to write, but I want to write like a story about essentially defending Michael Malone and what he's done because the Nuggets have increased their win total every year. You see their best players getting better every year. You see them getting better defensively every year. You see the offense taking off and him having the confidence in Nikola Jokic to run an offense through a 22-year-old out-of-shape Serbian center who doesn't know how to jump over a newspaper, as Malone always says. Like <laughs> Malone has absolutely been the reason that he has inspired confidence in the team they have grown together. And because of that, Malone deserves so much more credit than he has been given. And even Paul Millsap. He no wouldn't doubt. be here without no Michael doubt. Malone. No doubt. Dwayne Wade almost came to Denver because of Michael Malone. Mm-hmm. Like the, these guys love Michael Malone. Nikola Jokic loves Michael Malone. Gary Harris loves Michael Malone. Will Barton loves Michael Malone. All of these guys are huge fans of what Michael Malone does. There are a couple stories, you know, Yusef Nurkic and all those things, but Malone has done almost everything the exact right way recently, and I have to give him that credit. He has absolutely. hot-headed moments, and he's going to have hot-headed moments, but that's the passion that comes out from him. That is absolutely what you want to see from your head coach in that way. And when the Nuggets come out and they give up 64 points in the first half, and they mm. only give up 46 in the second. Yeah, for sure. Listen, That's a halftime difference. Bottom line is, the Nugget, and I love what Malone kind of said, and I'm paraphrasing here, he says, it was at the shoot around this morning, he says, you know, there are no moral victories, blah, blah, we played well in Boston, but your record is what you says what it says it is, you know, and he understands that. I know a lot of people were kind of wrapped up over, ooh, they fought well against Boston, blah blah. But Malone realizes that's a loss. The fact of the matter is, this team is sixteen and thirteen. They're eleven at two at home, one of the best teams in the NBA at home, and they're trending in the right direction under the leadership of Michael Malone, which is certainly something you cannot take away from him. Is he the guy that's going to be, you know, head honcho to put this thing all together down the line? We don't know. But what we do know is in the now, here specifically in the past seven or eight games, he has done a phenomenal job at binding and unifying his place together, players together to weather the storm of being down your two best players, with a be- which I would assume about 95% of the other teams. Like, if you take away Kevin Durant and Steph Curry from the Warriors, what are they? They're, they're, they're going to lose so many games. I mean, they still got Draymond and Clay. No, I know, they're they're going to lose games. Yes, they'll, it, lose, it, they'll finally lose no, some games. Yes, but, but, but the fact that the Nuggets were able to stay as cohesive as they were and as content as they were is certainly a testament to how Malone's been able to handle this team. He's kept them very even-keeled. And exactly. for a guy who was known as a hothead, that's a very, 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 exactly. very, very important so, thing to see. Like I said, 16-13 and 13 on the year. Portland gets a win tonight. I believe uh, Oklahoma City got the win tonight. They rose to the occasion. So, I can't stress it enough. 11-2 and two at home with the attendance trending in the right direction. Fantastic stuff all around from the Denver Nuggets tonight. By the way, Torrey Craig is the best, and I have start my Hall of Fame speech for him tonight. But man, what a fun game yeah. through and through! Like I Nuggets outscore the Pelicans thirteen to seven. Will Will Barton outscores the Pelicans in overtime eleven to seven. The Nuggets get the win. They move up to sixteen and thirteen. They are now eleven and two at home, which is the third best record in basketball at home. They go back on the road now. Who are they playing next? I don't remember. Shit. Uh, OKC. OKC, ooh, that's gonna be fun, yeah. man. OKC in triple overtime tonight, one by two over Philadelphia. I think it's when Andre Roberson <laughs> shot at the end yep. of the game. So that's gonna be a huge game for the for the Nuggets. It's going to be an absolutely massive game because if they want to be able to continue keeping the Thunder at bay, who are the eighth seed in the Western Conference right now, and only a game and a half behind the fifth seed Denver Nuggets, they need to get this win. Yep. So the Nuggets keep rolling. The Nuggets are on a good roll right now. They're five and five without their two best players, essentially. Like that's incredible. It is uh, certainly remarkable. Let's see what the future holds for these guys as 2018 slowly but surely starts to creep in on us, Teach. It's man, holy crap! I can't believe you said that. Yes, so true. Sir, it it's is. December sixteenth. Oh my god, it's it midnight is, yeah, now. Dece- it it's is 12:08 in the morning, Saturday, December sixteenth. 
We're going to get this thing uploaded, wake up tomorrow. I think we're off tomorrow. Yeah, we're off tomorrow Yeah, there's Nuggets, no but. practice tomorrow for the Denver Nuggets. You don't see anything, but you will see my article up on Tori Craig's end of the game, Heroics and Regulation. Um, I'm going to try and get a Will Barton appreciation piece up, basically. <laughs> and I know Anila's got some stuff in the works, and yes, we're going to yes, have some yes. fun, man. Yeah, it's going to be good. We've got the roundtable coming out on Sunday. Also going to be dabbling a little bit here with the Rockies coverage. i got a nice uh, little interview with Rockies general manager Jeff Breidich that's going to be coming out on MileHighSports.com. But obviously, this is Denver Nuggets season, so I'm focusing on those guys um got a, obviously my follow-up piece on trey lyles that'll come out eventually just finished finals with school Congratulations. so finally got some time on my hands to uh You're dedicate to, to this in college team. now right well i just finished the first semester of my sophomore dude i'm so far out of like understanding yeah. what school time no, is yeah, nowadays not, like, yeah so i mean i'm a sophomore in college right now halfway done striving. <laughs> now oh you're God, officially almost there. halfway done yes we're getting there but Proud uh, of you, kid. yes it is late we are gonna get this podcast uploaded we'll see what the denver nuggets have for us in store but a thrilling victory nonetheless tonight tj anything else i'm ready to go right i will talk to everybody soon this is the denver nuggets Daily podcast we'll talk to you soon adios Straight off the block, I can run it back, cause I'm straight with the rock. Come on, you feeling like a